I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. This episode of Four Thumbs in a Podcast was brought to you by Football Prizes. Uh, this week's Football Prize competition for the Celtic supporters is a signed 22-23 away kit. It's signed by uh, the first team and be a great uh, collection to anybody who is looking for some sort of Celtic signed uh, memorabilia in their life. It's over at footballprizes.co.uk and tickets are on sale now. You can get 10% off the ticket cost by using their code 4times10 and the competition ends next Monday the 30th of January at half past seven so make sure you get your tickets before then. Hello there and welcome back to Four Times in a Podcast. You join us on the night of Monday the 23rd of January. It's 10 to 10 at night. We've just had a wee chuckle watching Aberdeen get put out by Darville, but we're here to talk about Celtic. We've been away for a week and a bit, so a couple of games to catch up on. Uh, obviously, the League Cup semi-final, Celtic 1-2-0 against Kilmarnock, then uh, back in Premiership action. We beat St Mirren 4-0 at Celtic Park, and then most recently we... Beat Morton's 5-0 at Celtic Park on Saturday lunchtime. Uh, also since then, we've had some transfer activity. Scott Robertson left to join Fleetwood, but much more notably, Josip Juranovic uh, finally did leave the club. After a few weeks of speculation, he joined Union Berlin on a deal that is rumoured to be about £7.5 but could potentially be worth £10 million to the club. So, quite a lot to catch up on. Danny, I'll bring you in. We'll... We'll stick to it on the pitch first. It was it's been three good performances from Celtic. It's eleven goals were scored in the three games and uh, no goals conceded. What have you made of the last week in Celtic and uh, Saturday Morton on uh, Saturday? It's obviously a cup we didn't win last season. I'm sure Angel will be desperate to get his hands on it this season. And I'll, I'll just 
what did you make of him? And also, I just want to pick up on that's Kyogo's double on uh, Saturday now has him at the same total he had for the full of last season. I know there's been a lot of talk about strikers leaving and strikers coming in, but it's it, he's really set him up again this season and shown how important he is to us. Ah, it's been it's been a good week. Um, just ticking along really. Um, since the cup semi final was a good was a good one, good one to win, getting to another cup final. Um, and then sitting at home in the league was always one of the tricky games where you maybe tend to drop points. Um, but good performance and kept that nine point gap. And then Saturday was all about the cup and bizarrely we got we got a penalty for the year, which was never ever a penalty. Um, but it was good to get one <laughs> eventually. Um, and I, Kyogo, I mean, he's took his target to 20 for the season, I think, and he just keeps keeps scoring and he just keeps playing well. And he's, his value to the team now is, is unquestionable. And I know there's a lot of folk that would rather Jackie Marcus played or whatever, but how can you keep Kyogo to the team? He's scoring every week and not just that, he's, um, he's got a real influence on the team as well. Um, so I started, it was a good one. It was. Uh, good to score another five goals and find our shooting boots again. I not really much else to say. Juranovic, uh, it's a shame that he's only stayed for the eighteen months because I thought he was a great player. But um, if we sign, if every player we sign for two and a half, we punt for eight to ten over the next eighteen months, then it's a good. It's ultimately good, good business, and um, hopefully a manager. He's already got a replacement in already in Johnson, which was a bit of forward thinking by the club, but hopefully he can get the funds and put them to good use elsewhere and just keep building the squad. Aye, definitely. Uh, Tony, what did you make of the last week? Obviously, as Danny said, Saturday we uh, got going with a dubious penalty and I don't think anybody in the stadium after they seen it thought it was a penalty, apart from Kevin Clancy and his uh, VAR officials that was... It, it was quite a bizarre one, but I'm sure I'm sure that'll be you agreeing that that's every decision evened up now. <laughs> I just think uh, I, I don't really know the handball rule anymore whatsoever. I don't I don't really understand. I don't think the referees know what they're doing. I've said that a million times. We're kind of buzzword when it comes to these assholes is incompetent, and I think that's a compliment to them. They're just they're terrible referees. It's not just us that's this is getting punished by it. Other teams just. Just absolutely ridiculous, you're thinking, who are we paying these guys for? And it's not as if there's just one. It, it doesn't matter if it's Clancy or Colum or um, Beaton. It doesn't matter who it is. You just go, fuck, here we go. And they're, they're just awful. And I'm not, I'm not saying there's a conspiracy against us or anything like that. I just mean in terms of the standard of referees in this country is horrendous and how... There's no, there's not been any challenge on it. Nobody's went to the SFA and says, "What is he are doing?" I guess I mean the people on the SFA are incompetent as well. So, okay, now makes sense. They just trickles down into the other people with the organisation. But it's, it's just mental. Some of the decisions, the ones we didn't get at Hearts, the ones I think it was St Mirren didn't get at Hearts was just incredible. The guy's arms are you and smacks off his arm. I mean. It's just, I, I don't know, I think I think they should be made to explain decisions after the game. I think referees have been saying that for a while. I think they should be interviewed after the game. Um, managers are made to explain decisions. Players are made to explain decisions. So it certainly needs to change here. There needs to be some accountability. Because they just they get top-level games the next week or maybe they drop to the championship for a week. They don't get properly punished or assessed. I think um, 
after the game, somebody said, "Ask what is he you're fucking seeing there, or uh, what is this wrong with you, or something like that. The green, I think what they're doing as well is they're, they're not actually making any decisions now, they're just waiting to see if VAR tells them. They still need, that's not the point of VAR, they're still to make a decision as they see it. And the far thinks there's enough there to overrule it, and that's how it should work. No, it's, it's a shame. It's a shame you need to put up with these people. Uh, it must be quite tiring for, um, for the likes of Ange and the players as well, dealing with just uh, just incompetence. I don't know if I've said that a million times. I can't say it enough. It's, um, it's pretty brutal stuff. But um, in terms of the last two games, nine goals, none conceded. It's, how it's very much Celtic under Ange Postecoglou. Um, so against St Mirren we were good um, Kyogo's in great form uh, delighted for him he's uh, I've got a Halan Kyogo double for my my pre-season bet so I think Ellen Halan's fucking well clear so I'm hoping Kyogo can keep it going then against Morton we were kind of shaky for the first 10 minutes but after we got that penalty we, we were fine I thought a bad as passed to Kyogo in the finish for the second goal was excellent um, chuff for David Turnbull again Two goals in the last two matches, obviously, give himself a chance after Ben. So it's good to see that we're still able to bring six quality on. Um, in terms of Juranovic leaving, wish him all the best. They wanted to go. Uh, I was at the manager's press conference after the game on Saturday. He seemed to be happy with the, the job Juranovic has done, and he seemed um, to agree with him, uh, maximising his opportunities, which uh, gave me a bit of the fear, to be honest, because he basically said something along the lines of obviously Juranovic getting to the top level kind of late in his career. I guess it was a bit harsh to say that about Ange because he had the World Cup, but I don't know if he's maybe talking about sell as well because you'd think if a Premier League club came, then maybe we'd consider it. Uh, I don't know why it caused panic stations. It's just the way I thought about it. But he was very friendly after it because I asked him to sign a wee top to me and he, he did do that. So um, I spoke to him outside and... I reminded of him my idiotic question about cancelling the Aberdeen game, so he probably just thinks I'm a total head case. So if he leaves, don't be blaming me. Um, but no, overall, it was a good week for us. Um, hopefully, we can get O signed um, before the the transfer window ends, and obviously, I think Jackie Marcus will leave as well. And uh, I don't know if I'm looking at anybody else. <coughs> um, if we can sign somebody else that is going to add real quality, then that would be great. I'd be surprised signing, but so far I'm quite happy with the window. Um, happy we're into the next round. It's another home game, which is good. Um, and in the league, we're still going really strong. I think this weekend's going to going to be quite a big one because um, I think Rangers will probably cut the gap to to six points. They're in good form, so. We just need to be kind of professional up at Tannadice. We we done okay there the last time, so hopefully a similar result. But uh, if you offered me one now, then I'd probably take it. You're a hard man, please, if you said we done okay the last time with that 9 0. But oh, I, I'm with you, I'd take a 1 0 on Sunday. Yeah, we'll speak about that in a bit. Andy, what have you made uh, the last week? We've obviously had Kyogo mentioned. Tony gave a shout to David Tumble there. Anybody else caught your eye over the last say, 70? 10 days? Uh, do you know, it was funny, um, was it, I think it was before the Kilmarnock game, uh, we had nearly a clean sheet at home and we'd spoken about it on here for long enough, uh, and then we've just, I know obviously one of the games was at Hamden, but we've rattled our four clean sheets in a row, which I think is massive, because um, I think it was at home, we just kept conceding 
fucking stupid goals and we daft things in it. And it was like, listen, we were winning games, which is the main thing, but it was always fucking niggling at me because you feel as if you were going to be made to pay at some point, but we've really ramped it up um, in terms of putting games to bed and scoring goals. Um, for sort of somebody stick now, I mean, Kyogo's your obvious one because <clears throat> obviously it's a double against Morton and one half of football. Gets an R2 against St. Marin, scores against Rangers. Like he's, he's coming up with, with big goals at big times and um, he's, he's, do you know what I mean? he's, he's spreading them out as well. It's not as if he doesn't score, he's not been scoring for weeks on end and then getting four or five in a dominant win. He's, he's scoring generally week in, week out, which is huge, um, particularly with everything that's going on in the new with Jackie Marcus and talking about him going and Arthur Riker coming in. Um, Kyogo's obviously sort of laser focused and paying attention to nothing. Doesn't matter if somebody's coming into him. Um, I think Moy. I think it'd be foolish not to mention Moy. Um, I think he's been outstanding. Obviously, capped halfway a double against Morton. Um, but I think he's he's been brilliant since he's got up to speed. I think you've you've seen the quality of as to why we brought him in. Um, Kobe Ashi, another one. I, I think looking a really steady defender. I can see why we've signed them, um, and it looks as if he will sort of continue to improve. And I'm intrigued to see what happens when Carter Vickers is back, Starfield's there, Kobayashi's no put a foot wrong, and, and see if the manager does start to to tinker. Um, but I think across the board, oh, it's shown you the depth we've got in our squad that we've, we've, we've rotated quite a lot. Um, obviously, Hattati's came in and out, O'Reilly's come in and out. Bada, Yota, Maeda, there's been so many options um, in terms of players coming in and it's, you see it doesn't really weaken us and I think that speaks volumes about just how strong we are and how much depth we've got um, and I mean that's, as I mentioned earlier, there's still one or two players to come back um, there's still potentially signings to come in for the window so it's it's really looking positive um, but Aye, the big thing for me is in terms of the is clean sheets and sort of keeping that focus for for the full ninety, no losing any daft daft goals, which is which has happened previously this season, and it's went for feeling almost as if we've sort of staggered through games a wee bit, and obviously netting got two one against Levy and one 0 Aberdeen, and um sort of throughout the season you felt as if maybe we're just just staying enough, but. To one Ross County, Motherwell, but now we're not going away in the last two games. We've just blew teams away, and I, I think it's without getting into that top gear that we've got. So good to get sort of back to that level, and as I say, no concede any daft goals, and just looking like a right strong unit. And there's competitions for places is probably about to be as healthy as, as any as I've seen it since I, I couldn't even tell you the last time I've seen a full squad like this um, particularly if, if we do go to bring in another striker if Jack Marcus is going to go away I think that's the only area they know that's don't want to say a concern because it's no but you know it's like if, if God forbid if, if something happened to Kyoko and then the way things are the new and you've no get somebody in um, you would maybe start to to have that worry but um, as I say I think the strong the squad's as strong as it's been for as long as I can remember. Um, and i really, really happy with how we've been playing. And as I say, I think there is more, more levels to, 
to this team and the performance. And I think that it's going to be interesting as we see players really start to try and nail down starting spots because I, I, I think there's maybe only two or three who I would say is it's nailed down. Um, obviously, one of them being McGregor as your captain, Hart as your keeper, and then maybe Carter Vickers once he's back. But again, and I guess suppose probably four if you had in Kyogo, given what's happening with Jackie Marcus. But um, up until this point, that was obviously a debate that people were having. But I think every other position in that park's really, really up for grabs. Um, and obviously, there's that people will be wanting to have arguments about about it or so I looking forward to seeing what happens and how we go um in the next fixture then obviously we'll get back to Tanadice where we've had a good mental result um earlier on this season and I'd love to see it again. I definitely I, I completely agree with what, uh, the phrase of says. I think that the Kilmarnock game wasn't a great game of football. The conditions were obviously terrible. The pitch was a fucking disgrace. Uh, I think it was great uh, Kyle Lafferty get caught up in all his excitement and all his star jumps to give us an assist for the first goal and then uh, I think we were a bit unlucky not to extend our advantage and uh, obviously the couple of goals disallowed as well before Jack and Marcus in injury time uh, got the second and it took us through in our final where as expected we'll come up against Rangers on the 26th of February so uh, aye, it's, it's going to be a massive game uh, Then the St Mirren game I think St Mirren were alright They're just one of the teams that's like landed a giant so They're just big, a, a big physical team Like I think they had a goal disallowed at 1-0 But they, fair enough, I think Merlin Mace teams They actually came and had a wee bit of a go And obviously no, no they didn't go uh, fully attacking But I thought that more so than what we've seen For a few teams this, this season at Celtic Park They played pretty well and we still dispatched them very easily. Uh, and then the Morton game, I think it was pretty much what was expected. Again, I'll give Morton credit for the first 15 minutes that they, they played really well and had a right go at us. And obviously had a good batting as well. I think it was uh, just their 2000 they brought to Celtic Park on Saturday. So it was it, it was a good game, especially the first half. And he got in 4-0 up. I think uh, the changes we made sort of disrupted the flow the team a bit and uh, especially disrupted my flow because I bet Kyogo for a half-trick and Ange subbed him at half-time so I think that next presser I'll need to be gone and having words to get reimbursed but no it was it was great to uh, just get that fifth goal and uh, another comfortable performance I think you're right about the clean sheets it's obviously something that had been missing especially at home so to get a couple and uh, well, three in quick succession was Good, I think Joe Hart's really stepped up the last few games when needed. I think I know people will still question his distribution that, but I think he's made a few big saves uh, in the last couple of weeks. I think there was one against St Mirren for Curtis Main, I think it was, and uh, the Kilmarnock game at Hamden, he had a few good saves as well. I think he's really stood up to a few critics that had been a bit vocal the last few weeks. Uh, and I, you brought up Aaron Moy, he was another one I was going to bring up. I know he, sat, he was on the bench for one of the games, but he's just he just looks brilliant and he's really stepped into this team and uh, I think since the World Cup him and Dyson Maida have been the two standouts and that, that's that gone some because I even include Kyogo in that just because I think they two have just been really they've kept their the progress gone from the World Cup they both played well there and they've kept that in their 
uh, domestic form as well. But it's been it's been really good to see Alistair Johnson again. I think he's really like I think the reason. Oh, don't get me wrong. I think Uranus was very well liked by the Celtic sport anyway. So I don't think you are going to have a massively bad reaction of it. But I think hey, Alistair Johnson's really made that transition a bit easier as well because he just looks like he's been there for years already and he looks more comfortable every time he plays. I think he's going to be a great asset to us. But Danny, what have you made of the two new, two other new things? Obviously, Alistair Johnston has, uh, as I say, it seems like he's been there for years already. But in the last week, we've seen the debuts of uh, Yuki Kobayashi and uh, Tomoki Iwata. What have you made of the two? In terms of Kobayashi, I was really impressed with him against the Mariner. I, I like the way that he's always <coughs> um, looking to drive forward with the ball. And when he gets it, he gets it out of his feet and it's either passing it forward at a good pace or he tries to drive it. I think that's quite commendable. I thought he was much more the same against Morton, but I really, was really impressed against Samarin, how he stood up as physical team. Samarin might have kind of he got a lot of joy kind of banging his about in September, so for him to play as well as he did was quite impressive. And, you know, Iwata came on um, at half-time on Saturday and I thought he looked neat and tidy. He joined in. I don't think he's anywhere near fit. Um, and it's it's not like last year where we needed Hitati to be good when he came in, you know. We needed that injection there. Hitati played in adrenaline for about six weeks, made him say that a superstar and then hardly kicked his arse the rest of the season and folk were starting to turn on him towards the end of the season saying that you know he was done but it was clearly unfit um, so we don't need that pressure on Iwata this year you know what I mean he can come in and kind of slowly but surely get himself fit and probably like get out of here looking maybe next season before he starts really settling in but um, I liked what I seen from him and hopefully they get the boy over the line um, in the next couple of days and we can maybe get a look at him on Sunday. Um probably no, but you never know. And uh but I impressed with with Kobe Ashi and uh, you know it's it's another good position. I see they're talking about maybe even letting Jens go. So maybe that suggests to me that they've no found a buyer for Stephen Welsh. Um and they'd rather just cut their losses with Jens but um I, as much as I don't think Jens has done much wrong, I think he's a good he's been decent, he's scored a couple of goals for us. After seeing Kobe Ashi, I've got no real worries about Jens or Stephen Welsh leaving now because your man Kobe Ashi looks like he could just slot in and he looks like another good signing for Japan. I definitely I, I agree. I think I think Kobe Ashi being a left sided centre half should help us in the long term as well, obviously. When Starfield and Carter Vickers are both fit, it's, it's going to be hard to dislodge them. But I think the uh, slight injury to Carter Vickers that he seemed to have picked up after the Commandant semi-final has gave Kobe Ashi that chance. And I think it's helped Starfield a bit as well. I think he's looked good in the uh, sort of right side of the centre-back pairing has worked well for him as well. I think he gets a lot of stick for sometimes looking awkward, but I think people sometimes forget that he is predominantly using maybe his left left fit more than he's been used to in his career but uh, just on the play that went out Andy Josip Juranovic what, what is your thoughts on the deal in general and I think to me like from the outside it's, it's it's almost the perfect transfer for Celtic I know some people thought we'd get 20 million for him but for the other player for 18 months he, he helps you win the league helps you uh, get back in the Champions League you pay 2.5 million for him and then 
triple year investment on him. Uh, it's uh, as Danny said, if we keep bringing players in for that and then flipping them for three, four times what what we paid for them and get getting a good service out of them after I don't know eighteen months to two years, it's it's almost a perfect transfer. I know like people want to see these players stay at Celtic forever, but I think Ange alluded to it at AGM that he don't don't get too attached because this is the way we might be going forward. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it's, it's difficult. I, I was the same as anybody. You don't really want to see your, what you regard as your sort of best players, your better players leaving. And I think that goes across the board. But I think Andrew's really trying to sort of prepare people for that. And I, I, listen, I don't think Juranovic will, will be the last, um, whether it's this window, whether it's summer, or whether it's sort of the next January transfer window. I think it really is. It probably is just a model that we need to get used to um, in terms of sort of moving players on and, and always sort of strengthening for strengthening really at a point where you're, you're doing well and no putting ourselves in the position where we're scrambling about looking for somebody in a summer window and things like we brought Johnston in and I think I think deep down everybody probably knew when Johnston came in, right? That that's likely sort of alluding to the fact that Juranovic is either away in this window or summer. I think deep down everybody probably knew that. We obviously spoke about it when that deal was done. Um, Johnston's obviously younger; he's sort of twenty-four. <clears throat> he's really sort of starting to make his mark in football. I think he's only maybe played sort of three years professional, um, and that's similar to Tatum because he came through the university systems. Um, so that's more, I'd say maybe a project in Juranovic if you could say that but I think it's something that we just need to get used to like, we've never really operated it as such like, obviously everybody knows we've got a sort of player selling model and, but in terms of the next level for that it, it really is sort of this and it's strengthening when, when you're in a position of strength yourself and I, I'd like to think that's what we've done and I'm not saying right now that you know, uh, Johnson's a better player than Juranovic right now. I don't think I've seen enough to justify that. Um, coming into the season, I might be saying differently, but I think what we've done makes a lot of sense. Um, I, like everybody else, I thought we would get more money for him, but listen, the, the, I, I always say the bids probably haven't came. Um, or I, I don't see any stick out reason as to why we wouldn't get mail if we could have um, I've got to assume that Juranovic like Ange says probably wanted to move on and no against Selic in any way but he's probably thought took his age into account his family into account and everything else and thought I can get a big move here to Germany and um, a lot of people are, again they were out having digs at Union Berlin but this alludes to what I've spoken about before that I think some Celtic fans just don't watch football um, other than Celtic but Union building a right good outfit um, I think when I seen the other day they were sitting third in the Bundesliga and you know, what it's, you know what it's like in Germany you have one sort of big season out there and either Bayern, Leipzig or Dortmund are going to buy you um, that's probably the way he's looking at it and I mean he'll be owing more money in Union building than he'll be owing at Celtic I've not got any mass hard feelings for the guy like he came in, he done a job, he's seen the season out, he doesn't, he was, he's, he's never pretended to be Mr Celtic or 
it's just it's always the same stuff. You see, like McStay's name not getting chucked about, and it's an entirely different set of circumstances. Like Yanovich, a Croatian that grew up, I don't know, probably fucking supporting Dynamo Zagreb or something, and get the chance to move for move for Liga Warsaw to Celtic, a step up in his career, get a chance at sort of proper European football, and, and try and make something happen. And let's be honest, put his name down in a bit of history, taking a league title back. Like, thanks very much, and he's he's gave us. It could be potentially be ten million for the for the favour. Um, and again, we've we've moved on and brought in another right back who the manager obviously fancies to go and make that position his own and um, so it'll be the next big thing for us at right back. So I am um, listen sad to see him go. Um, ha- had a lot of good performances for us. I'll never forget him. Sort of Penenka in that penalty and giving us a heart attack. Um, same way I'll never forget him having a right good laugh at Ryan Kent, but. Listen, they done us a lot of good um, good transfer fee, but I think we, we move on now. There's no hard feelings there. Um, we look to, for, for guys like Johnston to become sort of the, the next hero in that position. and um, I think that's just the way we've got to look at it. It's, we're not in a position to keep every single player while signing Mayer. Um So, aye. Darn, as I say, sad to see him go, but it's I don't think it's really deep down. It's a massive shock to anybody when we went out and bought another right-back. Um, a couple of weeks back. Aye, definitely. I think, as you say, and I think you're right as well. I think people saw the Atletico links and the Chelsea links and thought that maybe one of them would come in. But I think the SPFL sort of looked at it in sort of that low, lowly standard that I think it's very rare that you're going to see your players go to these elite teams. And the, these elite teams are quite happy to see your players go to like a Union Berlin or a Southampton or whatever and see how they do there and then pay a premium once they've seen that they can make it elsewhere so I think Juranovic know, getting a team that's still in the Europa League competing for the Champions League places in Germany and what Berlin's a great city as well like so it's, uh, it's it looks like a good move for both and I think most importantly as you said having the right back in already eh, and all Tony Ralston's there as well like well we'll know at that stage where the player goes and we just don't know what to do but eh Tony, I'll, I'll stick with you on transfers. As Danny says, it looks like the South Korean striker O oh, eh, could be the next to come in. Are we going to continue that trend like with Dummy Iranovich, where he comes in and then eh, George's Jack and Marcus leaves? We've just got about just over a week of the transfer window left. Ah, again, kind of reiterated his pressure of it being aggressive in the transfer market and. Since he's come in, he's been very aggressive in terms of usually getting things done quickly. We had Juranovic's um, replacement done before um, he left. And again, Andrew had kind of alluded to the fact that um, Tony Ralston's still, still such a young player and he's a big part of the team as well. So it's not just, um, it's just, it's not just Johnson that will be covering that position. Um, we've obviously still got Kyogo as a striker and I guess Maida can, can play in that role as well. But I, I would think Oh, coming in and George Siakamakis leaving, we're kind of maybe a 24 hour period each other either way. So, yeah, I think it's a good way to do business. You you sell players and make sure you have the replacement ready either before they leave or right after. So, as it's a positive way to do business, there's been years gone by where we've really been really slow and abysmally poor in the transfer window. I always remember Rogers when they wanted McGinn and Castagna and we gave them. Malumbu and I think it was Izagiri come back, so stuff like that's silly and I even get further back when Stephen Fletcher wasn't he signed when 
but we were missing strikers and strikers were not scoring, etc. So no, it's just positive. It's good to see. You can't really criticise the club for it. Um, again, if Giacomacchus goes, you thank him the same as Juranovic. These guys always absolutely fuck all, as Andy says. What are they always is that they perform to the best of their abilities while they're here. I don't think you can accuse either one or no trying while they played for us. So they both played their part and thank them for their, uh, their service and we move on, as Anne says. It's just about continually improving. Yep, definitely. And Danny, just to round up on transfers for this week, uh, you mentioned Moritz Jens maybe been. One, there's been rumours that he, uh, his loan might end early. W- what are you sort of expecting to happen in the next week with Celtic in terms of incomings and outgoings? And is there any sort of position you'd like us to strengthen? Um, no, I think we're, we're pretty much we're all good. Um, really. Um, I don't think we're struggling anywhere in particular. Um, if... The boy all comes in, you get rid of Jack Mattis. I still think they'll sign Joe. I still think they'll get him. I think that might be quite late in the deadline, but I still think they'll get him. Um, and they don't really need anybody. Then I mean, obviously you can have too many good players, and if the right player becomes available, but I don't know. I'd still expect a few of them to go. I think Jens or Welsh one of them will go. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if it was Jens. And then I think Ida Gucci. Might leave. He's been awful quiet recently. Um, but I would expect the rest of them to stay, and we've got a treble to go in now. And hopefully by first of February, still got our nine point lead. But then you've got a cup final to look forward to at the end of the month. So the, the squad's looking strong um, going into the second half of the season, and long may it continue. Then definitely, we'll maybe have a wee transfer special next week, and all. Some some have been asking for a phone in, so maybe we'll get that up and running at some point as we get towards deadline day, see what people have made of uh, transfer activity. But uh, Andy, I'll come to you. As we've spoke about, it's Tannadice on Sunday. Uh, you were there the last time uh, we were up there, and it was an emphatic victory. It was 9-0, I think, a lot of years, but we were finally going to get that prediction where we had a team for 10. Uh, the game at Celtic Park was a lot closer. Obviously, they scored to equalise it to each and uh, towards the end of the game, but Celtic responded with Kyogo and Abada, making it 4 2 uh, that day in November, last time we played them. What are you expecting this Sunday? Aye, as I say um, earlier, I hope, it, I hope it's a lot like our last trip to Tanadice. Um, that's a great performance, but listen, you, you know what it's like, as has been said, it was. A lot of people probably feared the worst um, when they equalised. I think it was about the sort of late, late one, about eight, eight, ninth minute, if I remember right. Um, and then obviously we sort of clicked into gear again, and Kyogo scores, and then Abada scores, and um, we sort of came away with a three points. But it's, I, I think they are fucking cannon fodder. I, I don't rate United highly at all. I mean, to be honest, any of the teams in the league are, are that great this year. Um, but I, I think they're they are one of the worst, and I think their sort of league position really does show that. Um, which is surprising because I think that they have one or two good players in their team. But that boy they had, uh, they took from Man U, that they had Dylan Levitt. I think he's actually a good player, but um, I there's just uh, they shouldn't really be causing us too many issues, and 
Um, I think the way we're playing at the minute, it, it fills me with confidence that we can go up and um, we, can, we can put on a, a, a bit of style and score more goals. Like, it's, I, I just think the clean sheets recently are massive for us and then we've got so many players coming back for injuries and it's, to be honest, the biggest thing for me is I've got no a fucking clue who's going to start and start in the living. Um, I honestly feel that it's a lottery. Um, and it's, it's, it's something that's quite unfamiliar because 20 years gone by, the team's been fairly predictable, I would say. But now it's as unpredictable as I've seen it. And that's usually that's something you would say when a team's not performing. But in the best way possible, I think we've just got that many options now. And when people are coming in, they're no putting in a poor performance and you're thinking fuck you've, you've just made an arse of your chance there it's even when people boys are coming off the bench like Tumble and um, thought Aksibanovic was decent when they go on the other day obviously Abada Yota and Maeda have been sort of rotating Moyes taking his chances like everybody's performing and they're performing at a really high standard and they're coming on so I'm fucked if I know who's going to start and I'm really looking forward to see sort of how we line up but Aye, um, looking forward to the game. Hopefully another performance similar to our last trip at Tannadice. And aye, I just want to see us keep going. Um, Dan, like I say, there's, there's a treble there that's that's begging to be won. Um, I think we've got the squad, the players and the experience to go and do it. Um, so now it's, it's just about consistently turning up, consistently performing um, and sort of putting the ball in the net and keeping it out as, as simple as I can put it. Aye, definitely. You got a prediction, Andy? Uh, I don't think it'll be as emphatic as our last trip up there, um, but I'm going to say 4-0. Uh, I think that there is just too much quality for us. Um, I actually think most of the goals will come in the second half as well. I think they'll keep it fairly tight, but we will switch things up. Um, so, 4-0. I'll go for Haxabanovic to be on the score sheet. Kyogo again. And... Let's go with something a bit different. We'll have O'Reilly and Abada. There's your four. Right, and Danny's had to nip off, but he's went for three now. He's went for a Kyogo double and Dizamida to get the other one. Tony, what are you expecting this Sunday? I'll go for one now. I think it'll be a really tight game. There's just not you just feel your duty drop points, which I don't know. But I, I, I think we'll get the win. I'll go for Kyogo to score the winner. I'll be flying in on Saturday night and then heading up my Sunday, so I am looking forward to it. Um, I hopefully another good one up there. I well, that's. I, I hope it's a bit more comfortable than that, but I don't know. You're trying to scare the listeners this week. That's a nervy one now. You've gave us you sacked the manager earlier to go to the Premiership, and I don't know. It's I. I think we'll be all right. Sorry, I'm think... quite pessimistic. <laughs> uh, I'll go for five 0 Celtic. Um, Edward Hatrick. Edward Hatrick. <laughs> um, LMC, you get one and Frimpong, you get it. <laughs> nah, I think we'll be alright. I think we'll have eight days between that and the Morton game, so the team should be well rested, well fresh. Hopefully, if Carter Vickers back as well, uh, maybe have another striker in, because obviously, I think it was rumours last night. Uh, People had seen O in Glasgow and they were claiming it was certain restaurants and whatever, but don't know if that's true. If he is there and he's ready to go, then why not throw him in? But uh, no, I, I think we'll be all right. I think it'll be 3-1 to Celtic. I think that 
Uh, we're just playing too well at the moment. Kyogo can't stop scoring, so I think he'll get on the score sheet again. I think Burnaby will get a goal, and so will Carol Starfelt, and it'll be three-one to the Celts as they either maintain or hopefully extend their advantage at the top of the table. But uh, that'll do us for this week's episode. We will be back next week. We've got a midweek game next week as well, plus the transfer deadline uh, window will be shutting and. I know Andrew usually gets his business done well before that, but well, I'm sure we'll look today something for that just to excite things up a bit. Uh, but uh, if you've made it as well, thanks very much for listening. And remember, and check out that Football Prizes uh, competition to try and win yourself a signed Celtic away kit for this season. Cheers. <laughs>